HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi everyone, you're listening to Item 13 Podcast and I'm your host, Yom Tego. Every week, we'll delve into the world of African food, including chefs, curators and bloggers. I hope you enjoy it. This is part two of my conversation with Frida Muyambo, founder of My Bent Orange. If you haven't listened to the first part, please do so before listening to this episode. Here's the final part of our conversation. Okay, so we're back from a big break. Uh, before we left, you sort of um, summarized for us on a high level all the different... Not, I wouldn't even call it a summary. Yeah, <laughs> so I think you went we got into it. into it. Which is really good. I think it's a good... I actually almost now wish we had done this at the beginning of the series of the podcast and it gives people a sense of all of the different foods as I talk to different chefs and bloggers like around the continent. But that's fine. I think this is still a good... Refresher. You are now based in Lagos. Yes, I am. And you've been learning a lot about the local foods, incorporating it into your own sort of daily cooking, but then also have parlayed it into a business venture. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You also talked about research in in the first half of the the podcast. I also want to speak to how you do research. Yeah. One for the things you've done in, before Lagos, and then when you came to Lagos, I, I, for me, I felt because I follow you on social media, I thought it was a lot of exper- ex- experiential research, if you will. You were going to the markets, you were talking yeah. to people, taking pictures, touching yeah. and feeling. Yeah. So let's talk about that. First, let's talk about your move to Lagos. What what was it like to adjust from so <laughs> from, moving my, from London? Yeah. To, so my, my move to Lagos happened uh, just over two years ago. It's been two years. It's been two years. It was 2016, February 2016. And I remember, yeah, time does fly. And a lot has happened in yeah. that time. You know, and, and, and I have to say, I, I am enjoying myself. Um, but before we moved, I remember how reluctant I was to moving. Not for the sake of moving, but I think just sometimes... You know, when you're comfortable, you have a routine, you are reluctant to change. And, you know, with the three kids, yeah. how is it going to happen? But, yeah, we moved to Lagos. I, I at the time, uh, took a career break, you know, from my job, hung up my boots, 
came to Lagos to follow my husband who, you know, was brought here um, because of a, a, you know, I would say a once in a lifetime yeah. career opportunity. Why wouldn't you yeah. do it? So, and I remember when I first came to Lagos. Now, I, I always say to new pe- newcomers that the first two weeks are the <laughs> hardest. You know, there, there are two stages. The first two weeks are the hardest, then there's the six-month hump, and then you know you're, you're yeah. getting there. But the first two weeks were the hard, hardest because I, I found myself in a new place, and in my mind I had all the preconceptions I had about Lagos or Nigeria, you know, and I remember sitting at home thinking, oh, goodness, am I ever going to leave this house? Am I ever going to have the courage or the boldness to go out there? But once that was done, it was done. You know, my inquiring mind and adventurous spirit just kicked in and I was out in the market, <laughs> you know, just, just looking at what's right. out there and there's so much out there. So I, I, I would say that, you know, within three months, I felt like I had settled in well yeah. already. I felt like I knew my left from right already. And, you know, to... Well, that's good yeah. to hear because I think Lagos gets a bad rap sometimes for being just a really tough I think that is exactly what you need to have and I'm just glad I had my thing that I could take with right. me of you know what I may have taken a career break but I have my other career my right. passion that I can always work on no matter where I am. So, and I think that's what really helped me, you know, take a foot out of my front door and say, well, I'm here and I have so much to learn. And really, that's that's how I just uh, took it on. And I think part of your question was, how how do I do my research? So, especially when you move to Lagos, right? It looks like part of it, a lot of it, was just going out there and. Yeah, touching and feeling and tasting. Yes, yes. So, so, and that's yeah. It's all experiential, you know. And and and, and this is the point of being here. If I'm yeah. here, I want to taste the foods. I want to see what's happening on the on the scene. And Lagos is interesting. I think Lagos is Lagos. It's not Nigeria. It's such yeah. a diverse country, yeah. you know, with over two hundred and fifty different ethnic groups and yeah. even more languages. It's it's. It's, it's a melting pot yeah. in itself, okay? But it's also very cosmopolitan because whilst I have the curiosity to go and find out about indigenous foods, so I'll go into the markets. And when I say markets, you know, uh, you know I, I, I'll say, I, I want to go to Obalende, I want to go to Balogun Market, see where people who are, you know, in... in in no disrespect of the term, the locals. I want to go where the locals go. So I went to Obalende. I remember by my my third week, you know, I had my mom here. My mom came to support the move. So it was me and my mom um, with my, my, you know, the the guy who helps to get stuff on the market, my steward. We went. I said, we want to go to the market, you know. (laughs) Took a local taxi, Got to the market, hopped into a keke. You're saying, Madame, you want to go in there? I said, Yes, now. Why not? Yes, now. Yes, now. Yes, now. So we went to the market, 
Um, you know, and and the market is uh, that's West Africa for you, mm. just open air. You know, and this is where the entrepreneurial vibe and spirit of everybody is. You just set up shop. You know, in rightly or wrongly, or I'm sure you know people have licenses as well. Open air is a thing. Yeah. It is a thing. You pay your dues to be there. Mm-hmm. So I remember finding uh, Iru. Oh yeah, I remember what what I said. I said I want to taste. Uh, you know, and at that time I knew about Eforiro. I said okay. I want to taste Eforiro. I want to cook it at home. So we went out to get ingredients. You know, we bought some Iru, which is the dawa dawa. Yeah. Um, Seeds, pungent, <laughs> um, very, very. Uh, how, how should I say it? Uh, mature, cheesy kind of smell. Right. Like this is the throwing yourself in the deep yeah. end. So got some of that. Got some cow skin, which I learned is called pomo. In okay. uh, I'm assuming is Yoruba. Because that's the other thing. It's it's languages. Right, yeah. It's languages. Like, Nigerian food was... Uh, I remember studying it for 18 months before I even dared to create a recipe. Oh, really? Because you, you know how... I love Nigeria. But my Nigerian friends, you can be extra sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because Nigerians will not hesitate to comment, you know whether it's negative or positive mm. or tell you how wrong you are or become the oil police yes. on your behalf. Okay, so, you know, I found it daunting. But the other thing about Nigerian food is that every there's so many different uh, ethnic groups or tribes here and they all have their own food. So you'll find that if you're doing research, if you're doing a desktop mm. search, you know, thank God for the internet, you know, you'll find that somebody is writing about food, but they're writing about ingredients in their language, how they know. Mm. You know, the affix will, will write about an ingredient that you actually have to translate and transliterate yeah. and find the root of what it actually mm. is down to the botanical right. name. That's when you know what you're, you're talking yeah. about because it's, it's that... There's, there's a lot of layers right. to filter through. You know, somebody from Delta will be writing about ingredients in the way they know. Yeah. So there was a lot of translation to be done and a lot of, uh, I'd say I had to go down to scientific research, you know, because you want to get down to the botanical name of the ingredients, then you really know what you're talking about. So yes, so we made Eforiro. Okay, explain to people what Eforiro is. Eforiro is what I would call a vegetable stew. (laughs) Nigerians would call it a vegetable soup. It looks to me like kontumwe a little bit, right? Very much like yeah. that, you know. So yes, for the Ghanaian audience, it's 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 a uh, it's a leafy stew yeah. um, made of um, uh, I call it Lagos spinach, but it's African spinach, am- amaranth leaves, okay. you know. And there are two types that they use here. There's the efo tete and efo shoko. Yeah, they're like, all, all Nigerian. Yes, now. <laughs> yes, you have to, you know, because when they write about it in their own language, you kind of have mm. to go behind it. There are two varieties of amaranth leaves, mm. so collectively, it's um, here you can call it Lagos spinach, but it is African spinach. Okay. In Zimbabwe, they use it okay. as well. In Tanzania, they use it, they call it mchicha. Mm. So, this, these are amaranth leaves. Okay. It's African spinach, and it's, it's delightful. Mm. I mean, it's, it's so. It's a lovely, yeah. it's a lovely leaf, and in some places it just grows wildly. Most people that I have come across, 
you know, when I've asked them, you know, what is this? Oh, it's a weed. They think it's a weed. It is food. Yeah. It is food. Yeah. It is highly nutritious food. And, and you know how amaranth is all the craze yeah. right now, super food. I mean, yeah. that is our food. It grows everywhere. <laughs> it grows everywhere. If, if uh, you're translating to the Jamaicans or the Caribbean, that's, that's what they call kalalu. It's oh, the same thing. Really? It is the same thing. It is the same oh. thing. Interesting. Yes, it is the same okay. thing. So yeah. So, so you know, exploration of of um, Nigerian or Lagosian food, if you will. Yes. Um, you developed your blondies, right? Yes. Yes. Well. So let's take us on that journey, discovering okay. it, and then sort of yes, how you ended up with. So 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 what I did is as soon as I landed I said look guys you know I would ask my um, you know I have somebody my my nanny if you will somebody helping me take care of the kids look there's this fruit I used to eat whenever we visited Ghana I would turn it to chewing gum you know what is it called and I know in Ghana we call it alasa yeah and she said no that's abalumo so I said I I really want to taste some so had some and I don't think it was until my second year in Lagos that I you know really took aside time when it came back into season mm. I peeled it I cut it up I dried it in the oven yeah. and man it looked amazing when I dried it because it turned this shade of ruby red that was yeah. so appealing it looked like a goji berry yeah. and I thought this is amazing and I thought man you know what I have a blondie recipe you know blueberry blondies mm. that was uh, my thing as well that I had blogged about in recent in past years and I thought I wonder how this fruit will do in a blondie because after all it is called the African cherry yeah. you know and people <laughs> bake with cherry so let me give it a go so I remember at the time there was a, a foodie event that um, you know I I, I I feel welcomed in Lagos by the foodie mm-hmm. uh, community because it wasn't it didn't take long before I got invited to an event called uh, food and everything else that is heavily sponsored by Maggie okay. you know so I remember there was one of those events coming up and I said look I'm experimenting with this with a new recipe. Can I bring it? You know, so I I, I, I made loads of abalumo blondies and the first iteration was I put crumble on top mm-hmm. um, and I took it there and people laughed. They said it really tastes you can taste yeah. that it you know it tastes like abalumo and you know so I thought okay I've just created this thing, people have responded very well to it. Um, made it again this time without the crumble so you could see the fruit yeah. and the blondie mm. in its all its glory posted it online I started getting calls from people in Ikeja all over the place who they didn't even know me but yeah. they were following my, my blog or Instagram page and said I, I want to taste it I want to taste it so it became this craze in Lagos mm. and I can truthfully say nobody had ever made it before. Yeah. So I can stake my claim as being the inventor of yes. Abalumo Blondie. You know, that I, I created, I, I, I used it in a dessert. And I know, I mean, there are many other, you know, fantastic uh, bloggers and experimenters out there who are doing other things with it. But yes, I'm the first person who... I created Abalumo Blondie. No, putting my stamp on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> claim it, claim it. So what... Are you still? What are you hoping to do with it? What are you doing with it now? So, I I I made it into a bakery item because as part of my.
through curiosity here in Lagos, I, I fell into baking quite literally. Yeah. You know, I came here as an African cuisine enthusiast yeah. and baking or dessert making is not really a part of that. But I found myself baking because I, I just gave it a shot and people responded positively to it. So I, I, I pitched it to a couple of supermarkets who, you know, so you know, would sell, would right. sold it, sold it every week, and it always sell out, and had have customers saying, "When is it coming back?" So it has become a bakery item here, and I would like to actually um, really nurture it and make it, you know, yeah. a, a big thing because it it it's something that the very fact that I'm using a local fruit yeah. and a very much loved and craved fruit because when it's out yeah. of season people <laughs> fantasize about it but you know it's it's something that I found really sold itself because people know what Abalumo was and then the fact that it was Abalumo Blondie they were like what? I want to taste it because it's something that is it's a, it's, it's a novel idea it's new and, and I found that just the concept itself sold itself. So I really want to just uh, nurture that, uh, develop it, find ways to um, have Abalumo available all year round. And it's not it's not a right. rocket science yeah. preserver. You can freeze it, you can dry it. <laughs> it dries very cool. well. Well, I hope if, if there's anybody, any brands listing or anybody that works for a brand that can support it, I, I personally would like to taste it. I don't, you should bring it to Ghana. I, I, I honestly, store. I should have bought you some. I'll bring you some. I'll give you a call. I'll all give right. you a call. Um, so we've sort of flattered around the idea of the fact that You've been featured everywhere in the Guardian, CNN, BBC, all yes. these these great media houses. And yes. in fact, um, you mentioned in one of your recent BBC interviews, you also debuted yes uh, a, a yam, yam pasta. pasta. So yes. tell us about that. Okay, <laughs> so this is a rewind to just before we moved to Lagos. Um, BBC Focus on Africa was doing a feature on African cuisine around the world and they invited me into the studio to talk about African cuisine and where I think it was leading and then they gave me a challenge they said cook something why don't you cook something African and use the same ingredients to make something more European and I remember thinking okay then, you know, for the next few days, I was ready yeah. my brain. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, you know, when you think about European, you know, pasta is so popular. So I remember the very night before the interview, I was experimenting in my kitchen into the wee hours of the night. And, you know, I did some research. Um, and I, I, I saw that people had... I can't... People had tried making pasta with rice flour, you know, but by the very nature of yams, you know, when you pound yams, you get this dough in in a way. And I thought, why can't I just manipulate that and create a a gluten-free pasta out of it? So I didn't just go yam pasta. I wanted to take it the extra mile and you know, make it gluten-free because why use yam if you can use flour, you know? So I, I, I created... You know, I, I created it in the wee hours of the morning, Literally, and it actually and worked. Yes, yes. You know, and sometimes my I, I work very well under pressure. Sometimes I'm most creative when I have a deadline. Yes. I'm like, what can I do? What I can, you know, what can I do? So, this is what happened. This, this is what isn't happened. Even a question I had prepared, but just listening to you now and knowing that you have an engineering background, yes. 
and the creativity of your mind. It just boggles me how I think typically those two tend to be on different ends of the spectrum, right? Where engineers are more structured thinking and just at least from what I know of engineers, very structured thinking, very process oriented, right? These are the parameters within which I will work and that sort of it. Yes. But you seem to be able to go sort of way out there in terms of creativity and, and, yes. and, and all of that stuff. Yes, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you, you picked up on that. But, and, and, you know, at face value, you would think that they can't be connected. Mm. But I have found that, yes, whilst we are process-oriented and there's a lot of structure engineering and building things, constructing things is a creative process. It is a creative process. You know, there's a bit of, it's a combination of you have your structure, you have your process, and then you have the ingenuity and inventiveness that comes together to build something. And in fact, in fact, uh, before I moved, I was a STEM ambassador, that is science, tech, engineering, maths. But um, what has happened over the years has it has become STEAM. So art is right oh, in the center yeah, of it. I, I and, okay. Yeah, and if you think about, you know, architects, they're artists, but there's a lot of structural... Right. Uh, dimension that comes into it so yeah so yes yeah um and then you've worked a lot with brands also and i wanted to speak a little bit about that um in terms of you know how do brands come to you or how do you approach them because if someone is here that's listening that kind of wants to replicate your success if you will you know take what they are doing with food to the next level in terms of working with brands and getting exposed like what advice would you give to them in terms of if they are approached or how they should approach brands so I would say that we are very fortunate especially in the African context that we are in a digital age that it only takes having access to a mobile phone mobile network where you can get a bit of data that gives you the connection with the rest of the world through apps like Instagram, Facebook. So social media, I think it has been very important in um, African food enthusiasts uh, reaching the world. So I would advise um, anybody new to this to look, get on social media um, and you don't need highly technical equipment. Yeah. Honestly, my first YouTube videos were taken using my BlackBerry, and the camera wasn't yeah. even as good as it is now. Yeah. You know, don't let anything stop you. Just start to tell your story, put your uniqueness into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I may not always know what my personality looks personality looks mm-hmm. like to other people, but I think my personality comes through in everything that I do so definitely um, set up your social media and start to build content start to build content and it does not matter whether you have 100 followers or 10,000 followers I mean I can tell you my stories I have had the opportunity to work with brands I mentioned earlier that I've been included in the foodie community here. I go to Maggie events. You know, I create recipes for them when they send me the ingredients. I have 
um, worked with a fantastic Nigerian company called Simply that um, they manufacture uh, frozen yams. Yes, and they are international. You can buy Simply, which is a 100% Nigerian product in the UK, in the US, and they're expanding. So I've been creating recipes for them because they are... Their story is inspirational. So, so as part of my passion and um, you know a hobby has become more more and more. It's becoming a career because I'm now working with brands, mm-hmm. and I have to say that I did not approach these brands. They actually approached me. Okay. So, when you tell your story, you stand out, and it doesn't matter whether you have. 10,000 followers or 100 followers. I don't have... You know, there are many people who have like 10 times as as many followers as I do, but that shouldn't stop you or discourage you. You all have a unique story to tell, even if you're talking about the same thing. You know, you all have... You know, our, our moms or grandmas have their own twist that they, <laughs> they they put into jalaf. So, you know, just run with it. Yeah. Just run with it. So I'd say... Um, use social media to get the word out there. That's certainly how I have got to work with so many different brands and organizations. I, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned, but I, I have uh, this year contributed to a book that will be published later this year. Oh. Yeah, so it's not it's not public yet, but when it comes out, we will sure. tell you know, but uh, tell you about it. We'll let you know, but that is coming out in October. But um, and, and all this is because of the stories I have shared, you know. And if you keep consistent, you become known as an expert in a, right. in, in a subject matter. And I think this is how people have seen me. I haven't said it myself, but this is how they see me. So, so now that they see me as that, I do market myself as an expert. <laughs> Until you make it, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But if you put your own unique touch mm. into it, you're not even faking it. You're just doing yeah. it. So just do it. I say, take the first step. It doesn't take. It take five minutes. Takes five minutes to set up an Instagram account. And right now, especially in Nigeria, and I'm sure in Ghana, Instagram is everything. Right. Instagram is bigger than a website now. Yeah. You know, so you must have that presence there. So, mm-hmm. and I would say, just give it a shot. Give it a shot. We all have mobile phones. We all send WhatsApp. So we all have data. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. Just do it is what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Um, you've done so much. So, so much. I and I think we all want to know, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You talked about the, the book that's coming out. But yeah. I also want to know what else is next for my grand orange. Oh, yes. What's on the horizon? Yes, on the horizon, on the horizon. So I have a a foodie friend that I met here. You know, her name is Bilara Bernard, and she's from Azerbaijan. But we've come together a couple of times, you know, to to cook together. She runs a cooking class and invited me over and had such a great time. And we always said, oh, we're crazy. We should do something together because... You know, I've done a lot of work on my own, but I I would love to work with other people. I would love to partner with people because I know that you can go, you know, 10 times further when you work with people. So I have put together a filming project 
you know, I've written a proposal, I'm starting to talk to, to reach out to organizations that may have interest in this, but um, we are putting together a food series made for TV. Oh, nice. um, that is going to be international, but it is going to highlight lesser known cultures through food. And I think you'd be the right, just the gems you dropped today alone, I think you'd be absolutely the right person to, to do this. I'm excited for, for, Thank for you. that. Yeah, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So yeah, we are at proposal stage and doing a lot of work in the background because we have a budget, you know, we, we are not holding back. Right. This is a real project. It's going to cost. <laughs> it's going to cost money. Yeah. So, and, and we're not letting that uh, hold us back. We're not afraid of it. And I think that's the nice thing about working with somebody else is that we feed on each yeah. other's uh, enthusiasm and courage. Yeah. So we're not holding back at all. So, you know, there's a lot of work happening in the background. Um, we're working on the concept of developing a few pilot episodes mm-hmm. right now. So, and I think once that is done, that is actually going to help right, market yeah. itself. So, we haven't even decided on a name. I mean, we have shortlisted a few names, right. but we're we're keeping it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we get yeah. the first copy, and that's yes. This is this is a very first scoop, but but we're looking to work with um, you know international organizations who. Maybe interested in preserving cultural heritage, okay. that sort of thing, uncovering um, rare foods. And, you know, if, if this is something that resonates with yeah. people out there, universe, yeah. contact us, contact us. We don't want to work alone. We can't. It's, yeah. it's a project that's bigger than ourselves. But we are, we are doing things. I can tell you, uh, you know, we're, we're going to start um, filming in Nigeria. Okay. Later this year, we're going to Azerbaijan on oh, a culinary nice. tour, and we're going to create contact, content there and just take things from there. Oh, that sounds so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you, thank you. Would well, you have thought two years ago when you were leaving London no. to come here that you would do all of this? No, no, I did not. I did not think that at all. I really did not think that at all. But you know, I I've just found that you know, for the past few years, opportunities have come to me, and that should give me the confidence to actually propose something and try and make things happen myself. You know, you can't always sit back and not think outside the box. So we are going for it. And I did want to mention that, you know, I, I have learned over the years, I've been blogging for whew, eight years now, blogging about African yeah. food for eight years now. Oh. And I have learned over the years that, you know, African food alone can be a hard sell if you want to reach a wider audience. Mm. So why not partner with somebody? That's who, actually a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah, so this is what we're doing. That's so excited, so excited yeah. for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very Good much. Stuff. Okay, so before we transition to the rapid fire section of the interview, can you let us know where people can find you online? Like social media, website? Yes, yes, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, and my own website, it's My Burnt Orange. For Instagram, you can find me at, at My Burnt Orange. Twitter is the same. Facebook, My Burnt Orange. So we are very uniform. Yeah. It is My Burnt Orange. You can find me anywhere. <laughs> now, anywhere. I, now, every time I see My Burnt Orange, I will think of that flat in yes, London where yes, you have all your dinner. <laughs> yes, 
dinner yes. parties. That's exciting. Okay, now we're going to transition very quickly into this rapid fire segment. Okay, so I'll just ask you. I'll give you a prompt, and then you just let me know the answer that comes to your mind first. Okay. Okay. So, first question. Yes. Ghana jollof or Niger jollof? Ghana. <laughs> Ghana, You're really not to say that even in Lagos. <laughs> oh, Ghana jollof. What do you think makes it different? I think special? I think uh, in Ghana we use an array of herbs and spices that makes it what it is. Uh, Nigerian jollof, I think they focus more about the cooking process and incorporating that burnt <laughs> or. Should I say not burnt? Because you know, burnt is is okay, but that smoky flavor, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, people with a Ghanaian palate may not be used to. Mm-hmm. They may just come and say, "Ah, who burnt the jollof? Why is it so smoky?" But that is that is you know the flavor that they have here, and it 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 it. it, it I think it's valid. I think it's valid and it's respected here. But I think um, Ghanaian jollof has more herbs and spices that bring that uh, dish together okay. and. For me, that's my preference. Okay. Even even in the type of rice that is used, we use long grain rice. Yeah, yeah they so tend to use parboiled rice. I always say it's the rice. Yeah, it is the rice because parboiled rice. Look, you won't have a jollof that fails, but it is a rice that is generally drier than yeah than long grain yeah, rice. Long grain rice. Okay. So I, I would say you need a, a bit more skill to make that okay. jollof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Accra or Lagos? Oh my gosh. Do you know what? I would say Lagos. Okay. You know, I've spent more time here. Okay. You know, I've only visited Accra, but Lagos has a much more vibrant scene okay. and nobody can deny that. Honestly, you okay. can't deny that. There's so much happening in terms of food. There's something almost every week okay. here in terms of food. So, yeah, Accra, Accra, you need to catch on. <laughs> catch on, feel the fire. <laughs> Get a bit of giddy yeah, I, I think generally speaking, even not just with food, I find Accra is more laid back. Ghanaians are more laid back. Yeah. Then, so I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, buffet or a la carte? Gosh. A la carte. Swallow or rice? Swallow. Red wine or white wine? I've matured to red. <laughs> You've much better. I have much more. I okay. used to be a white wine girl, but it's red. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Dine in or take out? Dine in. Morning person or night person? Night. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. What meal do you think represents most who you are? In you mean in terms of breakfast, lunch, or dinner? No, African like a dish. Oh. Man, that's a hard one. There's so much to choose from. But you know what? Let me uh, let me pick a favorite in my house that actually says who my family is. Mm. It's peanut butter soup. Okay. Peanut butter soup. My husband loves it like his own. I remember a time I I proudly developed a four week food food plan. You know, just in trying to yeah. cope with work and motherhood and blogging. So I wanted everything planned so I didn't have to think. He looked at it and he said, "Where's the fufu?" <laughs> that was his question. That was his question. So yeah. I'd say it's the peanut peanut soup, you know, okay. because uh, peanut is a widely yeah. used uh, ingredient in Africa, the... Zimbabwe, 
yeah, peanut mm. dishes, Central Africa, yeah. Okay. And then lastly, what's your favorite African restaurant anywhere in the world? And why? Oh, my favorite African restaurant, look, let me pick Nock by Alara oh, here yeah. in Lagos. Okay. Because, you know what, it's, it's a restaurant in Nigeria, but I feel that they've done really well being a Nigerian restaurant that they haven't just stuck to Nigerian food you will find Ethiopian dishes there you will find Ghanaian dishes there you will find dishes from Senegal and Gambia and for me even South African desserts you'll find it there and that says a lot about them that they have actually done the research done the hard work and not just stuck to the Niger palate because uh, Nigerians are not snobs, but they can be snobbish with their food. They won't yeah. try. They will tend not to try other foods, okay. but I think the fact that they have gone and done this says a lot about yeah, them. I'm, I'm going to try it while I'm here. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited to try it. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, sadly, we've come to the end of our interview. Yeah. This has been so good. I've learned Thank so, you. so much from you today yeah, and I'm excited you. to see all the new things that you have coming up this year and beyond. thank you very much um, and I'm sure so many people will learn from it and I hope that um, people that are listening that have input for all of your projects will reach out if they can reach out directly to me yes. and I can connect them to you yes. or you know you shared where people can find you so they can also reach out directly to you and hopefully we'll see that TV show we'll be listening to the book and all of that good stuff Thank you. And, and for those who are wondering, I'm talking, you know, producers, researchers, you know, it's a big project. So I am looking forward to working with skills and talent. We're looking for talent. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Item 13, an Essence 13 production. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. To keep up to date on news and events from Essence 13, Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Essence and the number 13. Thank you.